Welcome, welcome, welcome show that comes to you once a week. Uh, covering all the Hollywood news that was and preparing you for the Hollywood Weird Week to come. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly. Hashtag MMO Weekly. Hashtag MMOW. I have a feeling that there's going to be things talked about today when people listen to this on Monday. Not so much related to anything we're going to talk about. More related to like fire and ice and dragons. It might be the cinematic event of the season. <laughs> it might be, actually, yeah. And I cannot wait for it. We are recording this on a Sunday afternoon. Yes. I will have a Game of Thrones Season 7 review for you up top. We'll have a little nugget on some George R.R. R. Martin yes. news later on. But, yes, we have not seen the premiere I know Mike is waiting with bated breath. I think I'm going to watch Guy's Grocery Games tonight. <laughs> just <up the> sp- <laughs> that's what I usually watch on Sundays. Honestly, I don't. I, I'm just. I can't do Game of Thrones. I pop, I'm very, very excited for all of you. I know what a big deal this big is. Big deal. I've thought about jumping in and just trying to watch, but I'm like, why bother at this point? It's a lot of uh, watching right. to do. But I was able to do it fast. Yeah, I- go ahead, cover it. So this is at the top of your what you're watching. This is how we start every Mike, Mike, and Oscar weekly section. We go over what we've been watching the previous week and Game of Thrones season seven you finally got through it again in like two days yeah <laughs> it was a sun last, last sunday in fact i think i got done recording with you here or maybe it was last saturday yeah. even nerdier <laughs> yeah it was last saturday because i remember going from like two until 10 so you've just been like on the edge of your seat counting down the hours until tonight i'm pretty excited you're like huh? jennifer lopez waiting for tonight in the music video for waiting for tonight i'm exactly like that <laughs> exactly like that and yes i i loved season seven the rewatch i loved every minute of it i, I fast forwarded one part it was a gross part with jorah you all know what i'm talking about uh i love the it's the not a real name i love the montage with <laughs> sam it is now damn it i love the big meetup i love the humongous unexpected battle or two battles even the ridiculous trip beyond the wall from that last season it, it just played for a really strong rewatch i mean we were we've been covering everything and anything mm-hmm. over the past you know two and a half years or what how long have we been doing i this? don't know a year I, and a half eons year and a half it feels like a long time and this is some of the best storytelling i've seen in a while i know it has its flaws but uh, i cannot wait for this episode tonight and it's because last season was so good and it set it up so well so this is a huge deal. does anyone major die tonight yeah, uh, n- no, I think it's going to be a setup episode, and I'm sure you're all scoffing at me this morning. You think the first episode's going to, the first two, it's going to be two hours too, right? Something like no, that? No, the first episode's actually 54 minutes. Oh, okay. All right. And I'm I'm guessing the way it's gone, there, there's going to be a big teaser of something crazy to happen, and there'll be a lot of setup, and it probably needs a lot of setup, because you have six, What if they just seasons? behead Jon Snow in the first scene, opening scene, <laughs> he's dead, never to be seen again. Yeah. Yeah, that, that whole thing where we uh, play acted last week, was it, with uh, Daenerys, just uh, the dragon sneezing? Yes, and, that's how I want these Pushing her to off go. a cliff yeah. by accident and not realizing it. She's and bites the pen, <laughs> gets ink poisoning. All right, what else have you been watching, Mike? The Wind. This is a horror movie we've previewed a couple times. This is about prairie pioneers in the, you know, the old Midwest mm-hmm. in America. Excellent performances and... A horror movie comes out of it. Uh, it's really strong production values. It's a heartbreaking story. It kind of works 
better as a drama than it does as a horror film. Then again, it is quite horrific. So, like, the afterthoughts and the way it sits with me, it's probably more rewarding than it is pleasurable to watch. Okay. That's where I'm kind of at with it. But it's something that has stuck with me the last couple days since I've seen it. So, uh, Emma Tammy, writer, uh, Teresa Sutherland, that was the director, Tammy. I'll look forward to anything else they do, Mike. Cool. Good to know. Yeah, another, you know, strong voice in horror, for sure. Uh, I saw the movie Destroyer with Nicole Kidman. This is Kath- Karen Kusama's film. She directed... Polarizing reviews. Yeah, Girl Fight and The Invitation. I like those a lot more, but it's undeniably a great performance by Kidman. The makeup and hairstyling didn't bother me as much when I was watching this. I just the story kind of got dull because it's a lot of cliches for the cop drama, undercover cop drama. Was the scene where she was sitting and staring into the camera as hard that was used as a meme all around film Twitter? Was that worth it? Uh, not really. No? Not okay. really. I, but that's like the whole movie, though, then again. So Just I, staring into the camera? <laughs> yeah. Kind right. of. Uh, it, it's, it's fine. I have a feeling I know what you're going to skip. <laughs> a great score, a great cinematography. Uh, I enjoy this genre even when it's uh, bad. And this is far from bad. It just wasn't great. So, you know, I'm glad I finally saw it. I'm I'm glad our impulses for it during Oscar season were kind of right on. We didn't think it would be. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next. So proper that it didn't get maybe Academy recognition. Proper. I mean, the score maybe, but then again, we had a, we had a ton of great scores right. last year. Uh, I watched Her Smell. This is Elizabeth Moss as a rocker in this film, but she kind of does most things, but. There's just one long scene after another, and the scenes really linger. So it's kind of infuriating and an exercise in my own patience. Yeah. So that's unfortunate because her performance is incredible. Like, she's she's dealing with substance abuse. She's dealing with some mental illness here. So the themes kind of work better than the drama. It reminded me of some kind of monster, the Metallica doc, where they're all kind of way, a too, little bit of that, yeah. way too dramatic and, for hard rocking yeah. and fun loving. Like, you're going to get this Metallica documentary and it's just four men, grown men, but, sitting in a circle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but then they get into the substance abuse Why'd you play, play an E sharp? I right. wanted you to play a D. I wanted to. I wanted her to play a D too. I wanted her to play any music more than what I got. But when I finally got music in this movie, it was just just sing the themes right in yeah. my face, right and onto the tip of my nose. She said in a recent interview, I don't remember, maybe it was Rolling Stone, but she said that she wasn't really into the punk rock scene growing up, and she right. wasn't cool enough. And I don't know. That just struck me as. It, Bad timing, knowing that this movie is about to come out and you're playing this rocker. And yeah. Like, just lie, maybe, Elizabeth. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe she's upset with how the movie came out because uh, I, be. I, I was kind of uh, let down by this, right. no question about it. So another movie that got pushed uh, into right. the spring, and, you know, kind of rightly so. Other things I watched, I watched the Senior Bowl yesterday and probably texted you 20 I've been getting times. scouting reports from you. <laughs> So I'm big into unadulterated, unsolicited scouting reports. This is my guy thing. I get into college football. I don't watch college football. You really? really, There's a whole season. I really think you'd love it. I think I'd love it too. (laughs) But I'm I'm coaching. I'm working too much. We're doing too much podcasts and Oscar stuff during college football season. So now I like take in the whole college football season afterwards. I watch 10 minute cut ups. I this morning I just watched Jake Fromm videos because I'm looking forward to next year. Mm -hmm. Hoping the Giants don't take so are the Giants quarterback this year. You know, he's not very mobile in the pocket, but otherwise, yeah, he's good. They're used to having guys not mobile in the pocket. Former review on the pod to connect it to something, anything. (laughs) 
that you <laughs> want to hear me say QB1 on Netflix. It's all about Jake Fromm, which is a reality show about up-and-coming high school oh, quarterbacks. So I'll connect it there. So I, I feel like I know him. And he's probably a Game of Thrones fan, he, too. I think he is from the, <laughs> from the show, which is why I maybe gravitated to his character yeah. the most. But, yeah, like I said, watch a ton of college football cut-ups. And uh, you got some questions for me. Yeah, what's your uh, see by skip of these? We got her smell. Uh, you can include the college skip. stuff if you want. Her smell, destroyer, the wind, and of course, Game of Thrones season seven, which I'm assuming you're going to buy. So I'm probably going to go home and uh, <laughs> rewatch Game of Thrones season seven or as much as I can. I'll uh-huh. fast forward all of the stuff that doesn't you know immediately tickle my fancy, and I'll watch the rest. All right. I I was almost tempted to rewatch season six going backwards because I know I remembered a lot of stuff that happened there. That's by far the it's it's all. Also, the, well, I don't know if it's the best thing I watched this week because I watched a great movie this morning. But, Mike, that I will buy Game of Thrones Season okay. 7. I would see Destroyer again. I, I, all right. I, That's interesting. There's just a lot of great, you know, great seem things. kind of down there. on all of them, though, right? I mean, The Wind you seem most positive about. Nah, I don't want to right. see that again. I don't want to put myself through that evil again. <laughs> that one's, you know, definitely a think piece. And, yeah, fine. I'd see The Wind again uh, and Destroyer, and I would skip her smell uh, I hope you're not getting that out of context. <laughs> Mike, I the best thing I watched this week, I know that's your next question. Yes. A League of Their Own. Great baseball movie. John Lovitz. Still crying in baseball? John Lovitz at the beginning of this movie made me laugh ten times, and then the rest of the movie, you got Tom Hanks and Madonna making you laugh ten times. John Lovitz may be the like sneaky, most efficient, <laughs> highest quality of use ratio guy in Hollywood, because he's only got maybe 20 <laughs> minutes total of screen time throughout his cinematic career, but they're all just one-liners that are hysterical. He's recruiting the girls <laughs> at the farm, and a cow goes, <laughs> Will you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> I was dying this morning, dying. That's the best thing I've watched this this morning. It's a great movie. Uh, this week, and certainly it might be one of the best baseball movies ever made. Uh, yeah, no argument from me there. All right, uh, give me what you're watching. Now. I didn't have a lot this week, and I, I've just been... Just I want the draft and I want Endgame and I want just uh, this, this middling days of stuff to be over. Do you get a Christmas morning feeling with the draft? Is that, I used to. You used to. Now yeah, the Giants down. have sucked that out of me the last couple of years. I really used to. I really used to look forward to it. And now it's just something like. I still get I that. wonder how other teams are going to do. <laughs> I'm very intrigued by what the other teams will best my team in. Uh, yeah, pretty much. The season finale of Total Forgiveness, you've heard me talk about it on here before. Good. It was. It was a return to niceties as opposed to the... How? How did they come back from all the... It was very, very nice. I won't ruin anything. I won't talk about what happened, but it was very nice and very proper. And they're going to do, I think, a a recap episode. I think May 1st I saw on Dropout where the two of the two main players and Sam Reich who kind of runs the whole deal there over at Dropout are going to talk about the behind the scenes stuff and oh, nice. I guess get into whether or not that friendship really was close to ending for real. Oh my god. I'm interested to see that but yeah totally again total forgiveness. Dimension 20 is coming back April 30th on Dropout. We talked to Brendan Lee Mulligan once upon a time here in our MMO interviews uh, episode. That's stuff you could look forward to but uh, Dropout is just really high quality bang for the buck. It's like th- I think it's six bucks a month right now. Five mm-hmm. bucks, six bucks a, month, bucks a month and there's always stuff that you can find that watch and just kill some time. There's a whole Discord there that you heard Brendan Lee Mulligan talk to us about. You can go on and talk to the cast members while the shows are going on. It's really, really wonderful. Still one of our favorite, one of our favorite episodes. Yeah, hope we, hopefully we can have him back at some point. Uh, for me, this week was mostly about wrestling, obviously. Okay, so tell me about WrestleMania. How, did you enjoy it? Most of it? I know you didn't like the finale. I, I thought the finale... Yeah, it was... 
I don't know whose fault it was, and I, I think any hardcore wrestling you like fan is to kind blame of, people. For well, things. no, everybody, every wrestling fan had kind of a like, what the fuck just happened for that? Right. Like it was, it looked like it wasn't, it didn't happen the way it was supposed to. It they just kind of came out of nowhere, strangely. Yeah, so I had an issue with that. The show overall wasn't bad, except that it's seven and a half fucking hours so of pro wrestling. <laughs> so they basically they cut the main event. So they're like. <laughs> The referee's like, I think we're over time. Right. I'm serious. This thing, this thing started at five for the pre-show. The pin didn't happen until twelve thirty Eastern time. Oh my god! I'm dying over here. I'm like uh, Triple H and Batista. God bless them. They're two guys chiseled out of granite, approaching fifty, both of them. But I don't need to see them go for thirty-five fucking minutes, huffing and puffing as if they're still trying to settle a blood feud right. when they're two guys putting on a play, essentially. You know, like let the young guys flip around and have all that time. But they were one of the two longest matches on the car. There was some high and some lows. Overall, it was a decent show. I'm very happy for Kofi Kingston. The ending kind of confused me, but as good... WrestleMania was definitely a positive. Okay. Um, The following shows were awful. Raw and SmackDown. So you're waiting to sit through WrestleMania for seven and a half hours, and you immediately go three hours Raw on Monday, two hours SmackDown Tuesday. They were booked terribly. Um, I kind of wonder, and this is a little inside baseball for people who don't follow wrestling... The Monday crowd after WrestleMania is always a bunch of international fans and hardcore fans, so they have a tendency to hijack the show. Like, okay. if, they're, if they're bored by a storyline, they'll start a chant saying, just telling boring, change well, the channel, fun, right? this shit sucks. It's fun for people like you and me, probably not so much for the Triple H's and Stephanie McMahon's of the world <laughs> that are trying to put on a program. So I wonder if they... If they had every fan favorite win at WrestleMania on Sunday specifically just to keep the crowd quiet Monday. Really? Because there was nothing to hijack, really. There was nothing really to complain about. And then they put out this really subpar show on Monday. So I, that's just a little... Uh, I, I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart. Uh, and I, That's what I wonder if that would happen. But, uh, it, you know, WrestleMania was fun. The McMahons were like, enough... Oh, seriously, heckle. seriously. If you go back and watch, go on YouTube and just search like post-WrestleMania Raw crowds, you'll see there's they, they literally hijack shows. They'll mm-hmm. bring out shitloads of beach balls in the middle of matches they don't want to watch. <laughs> they did it on Monday as well. There was one part they were bored on, on a tag match, so they started doing a wave around the arena. They don't give a shit. It's, it's hysterical because most of them are European soccer fans that you have to keep them on the edge of their seats and entertain. So uh, that was wrestling. That was a solid, what did I say, 12 and a half hours of wrestling oh I took in over the course yes. of three days, uh, oh. plus the Friday show and the Saturday Hall of Fame. So it was probably closer to 24 hours of wrestling. Um, I was tapped. <laughs> that, that, that sounds tiring. That's, yeah, it was a lot. And it, you watched it all. I did. Well, Mike, I'm not a man of um, <laughs> friends, <laughs> outdoors, wives, <laughs> hobbies. Right. We don't have. We don't have significant others. Right. Except for the White Walkers, of course. I was going to say you. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I watched a lot of Schmodown stuff. Schmodown's getting really good. They're yes. in the middle of the sixth season, doing a lot of stuff. I just saw they were in, I think, Chicago last night on Saturday night here, Saturday the 13th. They Any Knapsack sightings? He did the play-by-play for one of them. He's hilarious. And seriously, if you enter, we're entertained by our interview with Ken Knapsack at all. If you've not seen the Schmodown yet, he does some play-by-play for them on occasional matches. Mm-hmm. He's 
unbelievably funny. The references he pulls in from out of nowhere is, you could tell he definitely has a, a stand-up comedian's mind. And, and it's yeah, awesome. definitely is. And I, I listened to the Four Center pod, by the way, after. Oh, did you? Yeah, and they, they're recapping the teaser and everything. It was awesome. Yeah, Great um, deep dive. He's, he's amazing. Uh, you saw him all over Twitter, too, with the, the Star Wars celebration there. Otherwise, I was watching the NHL playoffs. The NBA playoffs started the last couple days, so I don't really have anything like. You still watch hockey. I watched the playoffs. The hockey. Listen, I was in uh, Vegas last year, I think, or two years ago. Yeah. Um, which is amazing because I have no money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I put a bet in on a hockey playoff game for the first time in my life, and I sat in the sports book and watched. It was the most excruciating two hours I have ever been through. I was on the edge of my like my butthole was clenched the entire time. But you enjoy pain, uh, well, physical yeah, and yeah. mental. I, I, there's nonstop action. The you, puck's always moving. You graduated law school. You like David Lynch movies. <laughs> yeah. you enjoy. Yeah, I'm what we call a masochist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I like the hockey playoffs. Like I try to keep up with the regular season. I just I can't every year. But yeah, otherwise I don't have like movie stuff. I watched this week was a lot of like a lot of wrestling. A lot of sports, a lot of schmodown. All right, so see by skip, total forgiveness, anything about WrestleMania, anything about NHL, NBA playoffs. So did you watch the NBA last night at all? I, I, I watched the highlights this morning. Did it. you see the uh, the way that Magic Raptors game ended with uh, DJ Augustine, of all no, people, I, I hitting it The Magic won game one, and the I Raptors are the two seed. Um, yep. the, the first night of the NBA playoffs were spectacular. I will buy the the sporting events. Oh, good. I will definitely see the Shimonon again. I, I will see WrestleMania, but the the fallout was... I have such an issue with it. So the Raw and SmackDown absolutely skip, especially if you're a wrestling fan. I think it was kind of insulting the way they booked those things, actually. But uh, you guys don't want to come here to hear me rail about wrestling for 15 minutes like I literally just did. So, But the best thing you watched this week or the best thing you listened to, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. I listened to a lot of Andrew McMahon this week, and if you don't know who Andrew McMahon is, he's not related to the McMahon family of wrestling lore. He is the lead singer of uh, Something Corporate, and then went on to make Jack's Mannequin, and mm-hmm. then has now his own band, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. There's this live version of this song by Jack's Mannequin called Dark Blue that he did at the El Rey Theater in California, and I want to say like 2013. I think I listened to... So Mike, just, does this chair give you bed sores? Did you say, leave your a, feet? Did you leave your feet in the last here, two, four days? Here's something you need to learn about me that Mike, my co-host, has. When I find a song that I like, I don't yeah. just listen to it. And Mike's brother has also been a victim to this. I don't just listen to it till I get it. It's it's all that is on in the background of my life for a period of time. Uh, most notably, if you ask your brother how he feels about the song Take Back the City by Snow Patrol, that'll send him into a Vietnam-like raging flashback because <laughs> I tortured our house in college with that when I discovered it. So this version of Dark Blue was the same for me. It's a very emo song, a very, uh, a very you know, uh, uh, you listen to it in high school when you're crying over your lost lover. Is that why you're wearing this blue shirt again? Yes! Every single recording this week, it's the same blue shirt. Well, now I'm just, I'm trying to match. I changed my shorts. <laughs> He's got blue shorts, yes. All right, that's the, enough about me and being a, a jackass loser. Uh, let's talk about some audience interaction stuff that happened this week, Mike. More wrestling! <laughs> Triple H. Yay! To Regina Hall. And some other people call her Rebecca Hall, by the way. I mean, it's the same last name. Did they? Yeah, in the, in the thread or something. No, all right, anyway, uh, a podcast about something at APA Something says Triple H was in WrestleMania 2018 was. with Ronda Rousey. She was there too. 
who is in Fat Furious 7 with Michelle Rodriguez. We're going to have to do a Fast and Furious rewatch next year, right? You keep saying this. Well, Hobbs and, and Shaw probably won't make let us do it. Be careful what you for Fast 9 you're saying. Yeah, I'm saying for Fast 9 we're probably going to have to do probably it. Probably going to have yeah. to. Darn it. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez, I like some of them. Some of them not so I, much. I think I've only seen Tokyo Drift. It was bad. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez was in Fast and Furious with Gal Gadot, who was in Fast and Furious 6 with Soon Kang. Oh, look at this! Soon Kang, <laughs> I can see this. Who was in Tokyo Drift with Vin Diesel, who was in Fast and Furious with Tyrese Gibson. I like this. Who was in Fast 5 with Vin Diesel, who was in the Fast and Furious with Paul Walker, who was in Too Fast, Too Furious with Michael Ealy, who was in About Last Night with Regina Hall. That is amazing. Pretty good. That huh? is amazing. Well done, APA something. My lord. Says it took them three times. But this is their magnum opus. <laughs> yeah, I can see why. That is that is spectacular. That's excellent. My lord, great job there, uh, Kobe Mac. Frequent flyer at Kobe told me he's gonna said I'm gonna give y'all a simple one and then a more stylized one later. So here's his simple one to start. Triple H, of course, was with Ryan Reynolds and Blade Trinity, which is the layup I gave you guys last week because Triple H's filmography is not that extensive, at right. least not yet. Uh, Ryan Reynolds was with Samuel L. Jackson and Hitman's Bodyguard, and Samuel L. Jackson quickly was with Regina Hall, and it's going to be in Regina with Regina Hall anyway, and. She Shaft 2019, as we just talked about in last week's MMOW. So nice little short, sweet chain there. And then Colby didn't get back to us. You liar! <laughs> I know he's. I know he listens. So he's I'm just gonna guy. bust his bust his shops there. But yeah, said he would give us two when he gave us one. So that's why you didn't win, Colby. It might be in our inbox. It might be somewhere. And I know that's totally our bad. Just <laughs> We're just not seeing it. He's yelling at us quickly, right now. <laughs> yeah, the table might turn on your head here. Anyway, be uh, the first time that happens, huh? At Invasion Remake, uh, Invasion of the Remake says, "How about this? Triple H was in Surfs Up too." I, that can't be true. <laughs> John Heater, John not a John, uh, not a hater, Heater, uh, John Heater was in Blades of Glory with uh, Will Ferrell. Oh, I can place him now. He's Napoleon Dynamite. He's Napoleon Dynamite. All right. Uh, so again, Heater and Blades of Glory with Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, take your pick with John C. Riley, who is in You're the Dog with Regina King. And then they gave us another one, Mike. Unlike someone, Mr. Regina Colby. King or Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Okay. They wrote King, <laughs> and then who chastised a minute later? That oh, I, I deleted it. But somebody on our chain ta- chastised them a minute later. Good. I like that. Let's Reg- get the public animosity towards one another at an all-time high. <laughs> Regina King, Rebecca Hall, <laughs> Regina Hall. She's Regina Hall. This will be our undoing. Invasion remake also said Triple H was in WrestleMania 35 with Colin Jost. He was. How yes, is that possible? Colin Jost and Michael Che were Why? in the opening Battle Royal. And they were very funny. They were funny. They, it was at MetLife Stadium, right? Yeah. Obviously, home of the Giants. Sad. Colin Jost, who's been who's been on Raw a couple times in the lead-up, came out of MetLife Stadium with a customized ODB, Odell Beckham Jr. Browns jersey. Because <laughs> he was playing a bad guy. It was so funny. <laughs> okay. I, I, I approve of yeah, their it was very, very good. cameo. Very good. So Triple Ace in, in WrestleMania 35 with Colin Jost, from, who's in SNL with Jimmy Fallon. I guess he's done a bunch of cameos. Who's yeah. in Taxi with Queen Latifah. The Oscar award-winning Taxi with Queen Latifah, of course. Who, of course, is... Queen Latifah is in Girls Trip with Regina Hall. Surf's Up 2, by the way, is a WWE Studios product. Would you like to know the subtitle of Surf's Up 2? Please. Wave Mania. 
It is way yeah, so it's a WrestleMania with the cartoon penguins. Very good. Do they wrestle to the point of uh, unconsciousness? Vince McMahon is a voice in it. Oh no! <laughs> I'm sure that's great acting. <laughs> we'll go Talk Zone Radio at Talk Zone Radio. Here's a musical six degrees of MMO. This one was also very clever. I appreciate it. Triple H in WWE with The Rock, of course. It doesn't matter with Wyclef John. I remember listening to the hot streamed uh, adaptation of that that I got off Kazaa back in the day. Oh. Oh my the God. way back machine there, yeah. Uh, a lot of porn, too, from that Kazaa. What's Kazaa? It was like the streaming service once the Fed shut down Napster. Oh, it was yeah. like It was like either you go to LimeWire, you go to Kazaa, or there was like one other one, and we went to Kazaa. Loaded up my computer with viruses, by the way. Uh, that thing is dead. <laughs> we'll go now. Uh, it doesn't matter with Wyclef Sean, who did Hips Don't Lie, with Shakira Shakira, who was in Zootopia with Octavia Spencer, of course, herself doing Hidden Figures with Taraji P. Henson, who was in Think Like a Man with Regina Hall. That's a nice one. Very good. Very musical. All right, so we got to decide a winner. I think it's between the first one and this one. I, I, I... As much as I appreciate APA something, right. I do like that there was enough knowledge. This is biased by me. I'm sorry, APA something. You did These great. These are all biased. But this one, it's a wrestling, it's Triple H. You're talking about Killer Kowalski. For me, that's like, you got to be in the know to know that. There's movies, there's late night. Here we go. So this is from <laughs> Mark Burgundy at the One Hanson EN. Triple H was trained by Killer Kowalski. Yeah. Who was on an episode of David Letterman in 1982 with John Candy? Who was in Ghostbusters the music video? Yes, he was. We reviewed that. Sure did. On one of our best original song <laughs> episodes, where Ghostbusters was nominated for best original song. It was outstanding. <laughs> outstanding video. John Candy was in this Ghostbusters mu- music video with Ernie Hudson. Yeah who was in Mr. Magoo with Leslie Nielsen, who was in Scary Movie 4 with Regina Hall. So it can't be easy to know, not only the, the Kowalski Triple H thing people know, but you gotta do a little digging, I would think, to know that Killer Kowalski was ever on David Letterman <laughs> to make that link. Because I don't remember, why would that have happened? Why would he have been on there? He had to have been determined to say Killer Kowalski. <laughs> right. He's just pandering to us. Which he got it. Yeah, he gets it. It works. <laughs> and then, yeah, he's, she, Killer Kowalski must be there on IMDb. Uh, I, yeah, that's that's true, I guess. And but you can't around. have... Yeah, I wouldn't even that's think difficult. to go look at uh, no, Killer Kowalski's IMDb page. <laughs> the illustrious Killer Kowalski IMDb page there. All right, so uh, all props. Uh, Mark Burgundy at The One Hanson. He gets the bragging rights of the week. He is king of all things Six Degrees of MMO. But, Michael, let's set these people up with another one for next week. What do we got? We got a horror movie coming out this week. The Curse of Ya Yarona. <laughs> we cannot possibly be pronouncing that right <laughs> you told me it was double Y. I know I think I did that as a joke but then we just kept going with it yeah yeah but I know you're very Italian I'm very Polish that is not a title meant for us not it's not anyway Linda Cardellini is going to be the protagonist in this one she's <laughs> yes. fighting the uh the widow uh yeah is that what it is I have I know nothing about this movie other than she's the weeping wi- widow weeping widow uh, she's a, fighting yeah, her probably should have looked and at that. of course we had to do something Game of Thrones so why not the man that we're going to talk about in a few minutes George R.R. Martin himself. Linda Cardellini to George R.R. Martin. Do your worst six degrees of MMO fans. Have fun with it. I also want to say that uh, I know I talk about college humor a lot. Mm -hmm. 
Josh Rubin. Uh, he's a former College Humor cast member. He's actually done some stuff with HeadGum. He's back in College Humor. He does some stuff with Dropout. He has Josh's Mindhouse over there on Dropout. But he has done a long-running George R. R. Martin <laughs> character where he, like, um, just... It, like, he'll be George R. R. Martin opening up a wedding... Uh, yes. I've what I mean to talk about. Yes. yes. And, and and all his pitches, he's got a regular husband and wife coming in that wanted a beautiful wedding, and all his pitches are just about like making things just massacres and just horrible <laughs> bloody. Very funny stuff. He just had a new one come out this week on College Humor. Highly recommend you go check it out. It's like three minutes. It'll put a smile on your face early in the week. Uh, but the, we're using the real George R.R. R. Martin for purposes of six degrees of MMO here to go to Linda Carlini for the upcoming Diana. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> let's talk about good. Let's talk about a box office update. You're Michael. with me now. We're both chained to the bottom of whatever this river is. Okay, so we have a box office update. Shazam is the winner of this weekend with 25 plus million, 94 million domestic total, 126 uh, international for a 221. Hume right now, number one at the box office. A bit unexpected. We all thought Hellboy was going to take it, and we punted on the Hellboy review, Mike. Yeah, we probably should talk about that, right? How we, we never really talked. No, about we it. didn't talk about it. Not really, but at all. As a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, we are not doing on Twitter. We talked. About we, we're not doing Hellboy. Other other things came up, and we we decided. We, I, we wanted to we want to cover a bomb every once in a while, right? Sure. Like that's not the reason we're not doing it specifically. That's part of it, but that's not the only Mike, reason. Mike and Razzie will be a future series. <laughs> Some other things did come up. We thought there was more value in, uh, in other doing other segments and doing other episodes. And of course, we got the, the two part. Uh, we think is going to be a two part Avengers Endgame lead up that we're going to do. We have some interviews coming out hopefully this week as well. So we had we got just got too jam packed with other stuff to to make it to the movies that day. And I had some physical elements going on to be honest with you. So we decided to punt on. You Hellboy. were stuck to the couch yeah, because you're watching too much stuff. That's exactly what happened as a matter of fact. <laughs> so, uh, we did punt on Hellboy. Uh, we won't be doing the remake. Maybe we'll do it when it comes on VOD just to do a uh, uh, an, an episode or maybe not. covering maybe. covering a maybe. movie that's maybe. not an Oscars movie. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. So, uh, <laughs> But Hellboy didn't do well at the box office. Terrible. The $12 million domestically here on a $50 million budget. That's not going to do well. If you consider that it's going to lose half its box office going from first to second week. We're talking maybe this thing gets to $40 million total. Regina Hall. Just because She's Regina Hall beat it yeah. at the box office. Yeah. Little, which is a play on big with Tom Hanks, fifteen point five million at the box office to get second place. That almost won it made its money back in its first weekend. That's gotta be considered a success. Fifteen and a half million domestically, but another two million and so forth. And so it's it's twenty million dollar budget is listed on box office mojo. It's done about eighteen almost already. So that's good numbers there for a movie like that. Good numbers for little. A pet cemetery came in fourth with ten million on the weekend for a forty one million dollar domestic total, thirty five million dollar uh international cum for seventy six point eight total off a twenty one million dollar budget. We are making money. Was with arguing Cemetery. with a lot of people about Pet Cemetery, and there was there is a large contingent. I thought Ryan Altieri would be in the minority when we had him on, but there was a large contingent of people that think very, very fondly and highly of the '89 original. I could see that. I, and to be honest with you, before we just rewatched it, I thought very fondly about that because it scared me so. White as a ghost. So do you think that's what kid. it is? Do you think it's like the, just the nostalgia, the the impression, having not visited it in. 30 years now? Possibly. You know? it, it, probably, in fact. I mean, that's probably why I like the Goonies so much, and you don't, <laughs> because you saw it at the right I'm willing. Age. I'm willing to... Uh, I, I 
totally understand the Goonies. I get it. Do you it's have a movie like me. that in, in your past that you know is a bad movie now that you loved then? I mean, there's like the opposite. The, the classic case for me is No Country for Old Men. I hated it, and I keep telling people I hate it, but I know now, in 2019, were I to go back and watch it, I know I would like it. That's why I haven't done it. Doesn't answer my question no, at it all. I'm looking Sorry. for a guilty pleasure, <laughs> sir. But, all right, we'll have to have that reveal on a later episode. Well, it's not Dumbo, Mike, I'll tell you that much, which also didn't do well overall at the box office. It came in uh, fifth. It did make almost another $10 million, but good God, has this got to be considered a flop. We're talking $266, $267 million overall worldwide thus far, but only $90 million coming domestically in a $170 million budget. This has got to put do a little fear into the live-action remake right. camp of Disney, right? We have a lot of fear for the live-action remake. Oh, yeah. Just in this episode alone, we're going to review the Lion King trailer later on. We've definitely been talking some trash about Aladdin. It's uh, Rightfully so, it's scary. though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I think it's a little bit of hubris on Disney's part, let's say, because a lot of things have been going right for them lately. But you can't just roll out these live-action... Dumbo's a more obscure property, too. It's not... Lion King, I think they're safe with. Right. Aladdin, you think they should be safe with, but... $170 million into Dumbo. Right. Are you sure you have the audience for that? Obviously not. Uh, they thought they had it for Mary Poppins, too. That probably only made some money, not a ton of money. Yeah, that was struggling coming out of the gates as well. Well, at least that was a good movie. the international box office. Good movie. Yeah, it was. It was certainly probably a... Did you see Dumbo? I don't remember. I did not see Dumbo. You did Dumbo. not, yeah. There's something behind that. Captain Marvel did another 8.6 at the box office. It crashed a billion dollars overall worldwide. Brie Larson stepping up to her critics and saying, I don't understand why it's such a big, shocking news that Captain Marvel would be a billion-dollar property. Fuck yeah, Brie Larson. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Face everyone. <laughs> now go watch Unicorn Stories. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Us uh, made another... S- How many? Called seven. Us made another seven million, now up to a two thirty-five, almost two thirty-six million dollar worldwide total off a twenty million dollar budget. So another big hit for Jordan Peele there. Yeah, he, look, it's exciting to be in this time with Jordan Peele, and it's exciting that that Universal has kind of taken the chance that they did. They really didn't have to, but to have a guy come from comedy, obviously Keen Peele, and be able, and, and to even put the four and a half million that they did into him and Get Out. They got that back in spades. To only give him $20 million for a second movie, like, how much more does he need to prove? You know what I mean? Like, can we give him $50 million for his next movie, maybe? Yeah, he needs a Dumbo budget at some point, right? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he's kind of building up to it, maybe. Definitely with the mythology of us, I'm thinking he's looking bigger picture. He's going to tackle an epic at some point. He, he deserves to, if nothing else. I mean, us worldwide, 235, 236 million. The ad and get outs was just 255. So this is a guy that's on five, half a billion dollars on what? You gave him 25 million total for two movies? <laughs> like, that's decent return on investment. You Pretty should probably return. give him a bigger budget. Probably made more money on home video, too. And <laughs> right. Everything else. Right. And the marketing cost can't be that outstanding. I, people are taking these on their own by word of mouth and with with the different trades covering them on their own free advertising because they're such quality movies just let's give him some money 
right? Let's more give money. him seventy-five million dollars. Give Jordan nice. Peele more money. The thesis of this podcast. <laughs> also, uh, wrestling gets boring after fifteen hours straight. <laughs> it's a struggle this week, people. Four new titles having their debuts in the top ten this week. Little at number two, Hellboy coming in at number three. The disappointment that was after all the way down at number eight, and Missing Link comes in at number nine for its first That's week. Not great. That is not great news for Missing Link, even though it did get positive word of mouth. You have to go all the way down to nineteen. Mia and the White Lion for the fifth new feature coming out. But we have more movies coming out this week. It seems to be another down week because everyone's just kind of doing their circle patterns, waiting in anticipation for what will happen two weeks from now. And also, I think your Game of Thrones has a lot to do Couple big events. With, uh, with nothing coming out this week. But let's talk about it in Do You Care? the do you care segment this is where we take news stories going around hollywood of the week and we ask each other do we should we or will we care about them we start off every do you care segment going yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> the releases of this week is yeah you're even coming it is coming out okay <laughs> uh we'll talk about what's coming out this week michael we have breakthrough hitting 2700 theaters penguins which is a Disney nature property going to be 1,700 theaters. Clank! I don't know what that is. Coming out in 300 theaters. (laughs) (laughs) Coming out in 3,400. That's going nationwide. And a couple other ones coming out. Do we care about any of these? Of course we care about La La Lona. (laughs) So I saw the trailer for Breakthrough. A kid falls through the ice. Everybody prays about it. 15 minutes later, they get him out. 40 Metascore. And what? 64% that's, that's a real movie? This is uh, the cast of This Is Us. They're all crying. He fell through the ice. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you mean to tell me there's a movie that was put into production where people pray a kid back to the surface of ice? I, I think so. And um, they don't. It's a true story that they screw up. Is it apparently. a true story that nobody decided to reach in with their hand and grab no, a child? No, they, they did. They, the emergency <laughs> services saved the kid. Somehow, in 15 minutes, and he was like dead for. Hey, uh, don't see this movie. (laughs) (laughs) 40 percent Metascore or 40 Metascore, 64 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, Uh, the trailer bored me. It's a it's a weird week. This is how spoiled we are as a society, though, right? That's a true story about a hero, a heroic <laughs> act, the thoroughly heroic act. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I got dragons. I got end games. That's exactly what it and is. And wrestling yeah. we, enough. We're getting out of touch with our reality, <laughs> and it's going to cost us. In the, um, we're bad people. All right, so breakthrough is not happening for MMO anytime soon. What else we got? Fast color, Gugu Mbatha Ra. Like her as an actress, she has superhuman abilities. We've talked about her on a couple of previous episodes. And she must go on the lam uh, from people who don't like her superhuman abilities. Fifty-six Metascore, so nope, not on that one. Yeah, it doesn't. You now you do see far more new releases as they come out. I do. So these ones just do nothing for you. Yeah, if it tickles my fancy at all, I will go see it. And I will uh, reuse the t- the phrase "tickle my fancy" quite a bit we, throughout the season become, of tickled fancy. Yeah, that's become I think a, a tagline of MMO. There's nobody tickles a fancy. Uh, my like fancy the mics. is eagle, easily tickled. I'm very ticklish in the fancy area, and yet I have no. This is bordering on an NC17 episode. <laughs> and not safe for work. Anyway, Michael, 
Uh, I care about Under the Silver Lake. Like I said, I watched a couple clips of that. Uh, I, I'm in love with Riley Keough, and I think Andrew Garfield has some good stuff to his uh, our filmography. Friends, our friends at Next Best Picture I just happened to put up today uh, as a question, yeah. uh, getting interaction, what's your favorite Andrew Garfield performance? And somebody actually answered Under the Silver Lake, so I don't know if they've seen it, if it's out already to be it's seen. Just, yeah, but uh, I, I don't know if it was tongue-in-cheek or whatever, but that's... That did well, interest me. It came out in film festivals, and it's you know it's coming okay. out again. So yeah, I should probably know that as an Oscar player. ahead of time. But uh, no, that's all right. Just it's give me end game. You watched twenty four hours of wrestling this I week. Did. So much wrestling. So I'm not into those, and I'm not into. I almost came to this recording in spandex. The curse of Linda Cardellini's uh, Weeping Widow. There either. I do want to see Linda Cardellini in horror movies. I think yeah. that's an interesting fit. I think it's. Is definitely this a like movie a you'll like hate watch later on? You think? Yeah. When it comes to like streaming or it comes to their premium channel, I'll check it out for sure. I always do with these. And yeah, I don't like to be scared, so it might jump scare me enough to where I'm not going to see it. Like, there's a process with me in these types of movies when it comes out on premium or on demand or something. Yeah, I'll go through every night, circling around it and not hitting play and not hitting play until one night I finally do. But you like the poster, right? You... So, like right now, the one that I'm dealing with with this interaction is the possession of Hannah Grace with Shay Mitchell. Really? <laughs> I know I'm going to watch it, but it, no. just, it takes me a couple of days and weeks of like toying with the idea of watching. So, it Truth or Dare, that was like last. That's month. been a while. Yeah, I, I almost bought Truth or Dare like ten times Why? at Target on Blue, just because I want it. I I'm sick, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the blind buy sickness. They should, they should make a movie about that. Oh no! So all right. So the possession of Hannah Grace, and you feel like. This time next year, the curse of Yaya. Rakahona will be. <laughs> You'll finally yeah. figure out how to pronounce it. That'll or be not. one. I'm definitely not going to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> La La Rana. The Kielbasa. <laughs> oh, God. That's ridiculous. Mike. <laughs> Let's ask you about stuff you care about. <laughs> Netflix has plans for the Egyptian theater. Uh, they are close to signing a deal to purchase the historic theater in Hollywood there from America Cinema Cinematic. I can't say Q U E with a T H in one suffix. Cinematic. Cinematic. This has been an MMOW for the ages, let me tell you. <laughs> so they're buying this theater. Uh, many people have thought that they were doing it so that it'll be one of the ten theaters that they'll exhibit yeah, their movies at. of course it will be. I don't care what they say. But what they're saying now is it's only for premieres. Come on. I mean, sure, whatever. I get that Like, you don't want to reveal your hand to the film festivals and to, to the, uh, the Academy right now. You don't want to say... You won't want to give them any kind of indication that you're doing this for those reasons, mm -hmm. to have your own outlets, to your, have your own screens to roll these out in theatrically, but that's absolutely what this is part of. I mean, let's not kid be, ourselves. Right? I would, of course it is. And isn't that a power play by them where they're just like, oh, you want us to exhibit <laughs> it in 10 theaters? We'll buy we'll the buy 10 the most theaters. famous theaters <laughs> yeah. we can buy. And they say they're going to put a ton of money into renovating it, which is pretty cool. I guess that's it's cool. a theater that's been around for 90-something years. So, uh, But to, to the hubris of Netflix, too, to say, like, we're going to, all right, we'll buy a theater. We're not fucking showing this in theaters, though. <laughs> like, come on. They'll buy the Alamo Draft House, right. the famous one there. All of the theaters that we mention on every OSP movie event or retrospective, they will Soon will be bought week. by Netflix. Yeah, I, I just think it's a little ridiculous to that they made such a big deal about, we're not doing this for the Academy. Guys. 
Let's be serious. This is where, and I think we're getting closer and closer with every step about that middle ground coming to fruition where Netflix is going to be eligible for the Academy Awards, Mm -hmm. but they're going to have to have theatrical releases first. And part of the theatrical releases, it's not going to matter as long as they roll it out in like three or four theaters in LA or New York first, and everyone will be happy. And that'll be what we kind of deal with. Compromise. Until the streaming, until Disney Plus and Apple decide that they want to get into the Academy Awards game, and then we'll have a whole new battle. How does Spielberg walk that back. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting uh, until Ambien starts their own street. Or Ambien, Ambien? Ambien? What's, Ambien's a drug. Ambien's a drug. It's been a long week, man. <laughs> Amblin. Amblin needed decides some, they want to do their own streaming service. You needed some Ambien and some Amblin <laughs> entertainment. Like you should have watched E.T. or something else yes. than wrestling this week. Uh, Mike, speaking of these streaming services, we had our first look at Disney+. Plus. They had their big official rollout. We have a whole litany of new shows that seem to be getting their attention here. Simpsons and the Family Guy are going to be part of this, coming in from the Fox purchase, right. which is a big deal for certain people. Star Wars, we have The Mandalorian. We have some MCU programming. Uh, we have, obviously, the big one that caught a lot of people's attention, the MCU What If, which is dangerously close to a property that we're going to unveil soon. Not we really. thought of it first. They're doing Take it. that, Marvel. They're you can't beat <laughs> us. We got there. Sorry. They're doing an anthology <laughs> yes, series about their heroes. It's nothing like what we're doing, Mike. <laughs> it better not be. I'll tell you that. Uh, what do we think about the Disney Plus streaming service? I think for $7 a month, it's going to kind of be an essential purchase. Yeah. Right? Looks that way, right? Because we got a Star Wars show. I mean, we're dying to see what mm-hmm. that is. We have not one but four potential Marvel shows, some that are shooting, I think, already. And then you have... Like the Simpsons and Family Guy stuff that we'll just watch for whenever and want to watch whenever. And just think about all the Fox shows and think about all the properties that they own. And then obviously, you know, instead of purchasing every single Pixar movie, every single MCU, you know, instead of purchasing those and putting them on our shelves, have them on one streaming service for seven bucks a month or $70 a year. I wonder if, um, because every Simpsons ever is already a huge marketing tool that FX, I think, uses, or FXX, one of those two Fox channels. And I know that's part of their streaming deal, too. You can, when you buy that channel, you get the, sure. every, I wonder if that's going to be incorporated into this Disney Plus, or if they're going to be two standalone properties for people that, because the Simpsons do have their fans, though. There's people that live and die with the history of the Simpsons and wanting access to every episode. So I wonder how that's going to be treated, but that's truly a minor part of all this. The, the bigger deal is what you said. The price was the biggest surprise to me, because it's kind of half Netflix's price. Netflix went up to yeah. almost $15 a month, right? Yeah. And what is so essential on Netflix? I got to do an inventory. I mean, we know we watch a ton of Netflix. Sure. We really do. Of course. And Netflix is fun because we get new stuff that we're not expecting, and we like to browse Netflix and find hidden gems. I mean, that's part of the experience. But Stranger Things is essential on Netflix. Some more Arrested TV development. shows. development. Yeah, TV yeah. shows. I, they, you know... Look, Bird Box had its audience. Right, big right? mouth. But otherwise, you know, harkening back to the last Do You Care question, what's essential on Netflix for us is the, the movies they roll out, every, especially, you right. know, what well, it's become. Have. It's become, and I wonder if this is how it's going to settle after all the dust is settled yeah. right now. I mean, Netflix obviously wants to be an Academy contender, but it's more so known right now as the place where all the mid-budget films go. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, because they don't get theatrical rollouts anymore because of prohibitive costs. So I wonder if Netflix is going to be for the mid-budget experimental films. Disney Plus is going to be for your TV shows based, your TV spinoffs. You know, and Apple Apple TV is going to be just original programming. But here's the thing, Mike. The Academy broadcasts on ABC, owned by Disney. Yep. Right. Disney Plus rolling out. Now all of a sudden we're getting all this grief for Netflix over the last couple of years. We had we've had streaming wars coming. Mm-hmm. What is so exclusive about Netflix? We're gonna take them on, and for a couple of years in advance, we're gonna give you a problem about you know what you have that's exclusive to your catalog. And one of the big things recently, and one of the things they want to hold on to in lieu of all their TV sh- series, is that prestige filmmaking. Sure. And I think that's a that's a big part of what Netflix wants to do going forward. They've sunk so much money into it, right? So again, this goes back to the you know the, basically the release style of of their stuff. Amazon's tried it where it goes into theaters and then it comes to Amazon, and basically all their properties are the home base. You have a home base when they come on VOD. It's an, Netflix is different. Netflix, you have them coming out exclusively to there, and right. New York and L.A. maybe, right? So you're not going to be able to see these movies. Like the casual fan who doesn't live in New York or L.A. can't see Roma in theaters. They have to see it on Netflix, correct? Right. That's uh, the exclusivity part of it. Yeah, and maybe you're hitting on something. I mean, I know this isn't this isn't going to help the theaters. My tinfoil hats on. Well, maybe there's a option here for Netflix to buy Amazon Studios. And maybe that's the next, you know, maybe they, they use the, the Amazon. Isn't Amazon too big, though, overall? If they care about it, yeah. I mean, if the Amazon company cares about okay. movie making, yeah. sure. Then, yeah, there's no way it would ever happen. But if Netflix comes forward and says, let us buy your your networking that you've already done with all these theater rollouts. But to me, this is these are like not-so-subtle shots across the bow a year ahead oh, yeah. of the streaming wars. Oh, yeah. We're getting, like I said, when, when Apple and Disney decide they want that Academy pie, shit's going to go down. We're going to see something interesting happen with all three of those. But, and they kind of fight dirty, if that's the case. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Without question. Anyway, we did, we cut all of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much for the Netflix, uh, Apple Plus, Disney Plus podcast future yeah. of Mike, Mike, and no, Oscar. it's not doing well. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we'll, we'll have a Streaming Wars episode. Disney Plus! <laughs> Disney Plus did wrong, and then we're Mike, Mike, and Emmy. I, yeah, I think if we if we criticize these, we're going to be found like face down in a ditch somewhere right? if we ever get a big enough audience. Just Mickey Mouse yeah. tattoos on our ass, <laughs> <laughs> one cheek exposed. Don't mess with the mouse. <laughs> That's so bad. All right, Mike. The WGA, the Writers Guild of America, and the ATA, the Agent Something of America, Association of Talent Agents. The Association of Talent Agents, thank you. They failed to reach a new deal. So, I don't know enough about this yet, and that's a shortcoming on my part. I do want to read about it. I want to get more into it, but obviously people know that the WGA was trying to rework their union deal. They had a drop-dead date. That drop-dead date passed without a deal. WGA told all their writers to fire their agents. That's shocking. A lot of the big four agencies haven't signed their new terms with the WGA. There's only been one member of the ATA that has signed. This is all in the Variety article. I plan on doing more research into it because it really is any kind of labor dispute really 
is kind of fascinating. The the main takeaway, and for us here on the East Coast, I mean, we're going through a much smaller version of that and a much more less exposed version with the Stop and Shop strike going on right, right. now. Our local big chain convenience store, or uh, con- uh, grocery store, I'm sorry, is having issues between its union of workers and management not wanting to give them a good deal. Here's where I stand in all these disputes. If you hear one side say how disappointed they are and the Mm. other side choosing to disrupt and go for chaos, that's the bad side. (laughs) Because the status quo usually only helps the establishment, right? And it doesn't really shine too kindly on the workers. As far as what this means for the WGA and the ATA, like I said, I don't know enough about it yet to pass comment. I'm interested in seeing where it goes, but I need to do more research, and hopefully next week, hopefully it's resolved by the end of next week, so it's not an issue, but if it's not, I'll hopefully have a better, more informed take to share with you all. Uh, but this seems so like... There's Batman and there's an agent of chaos in this scenario. Well, there's there's this, there's people that want the status quo, and there's the hardworking little guy that wants what's fair. Wants to change. Yeah. I mean, that's usually how these disputes go. So apply all this to the Russell Wilson standoff right now in uh, National Football League. I really don't want the are, Giants to trade for him. Are the Giants going to trade for him? <laughs> I really don't want the Giants to <laughs> no, trade kidding. for him. All right, Mike, uh, one of our favorite writers at SlashFilm.com, Chris Evangelista, came out with a fun article about the biggest IMAX screen ever. Ever. All right, you are a student of New York. You've spent a lot of time at the IMAX theaters and screens in New York. I don't have that much exposure to IMAX screens, but he's talking about a 72-foot high, 124-foot wide, wider than a Boeing 737. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be in Germany, is that right? Leonberg or Leonberg. Okay. Can you wrap your head around this, first of all? I can't imagine anything bigger than the IMAX in, in New York City. It's so big. Yeah, it is I've so, never been. You cannot see the entire screen from a seat. Like You could be 20 rows up, and you can't see the whole screen. It's crazy. I saw the dark night there, and it was like the greatest experience At of my what life. Point? <laughs> At what point is enough enough? Apparently, <laughs> for, for the Germans, like you're going to miss half the movie at some point. I, I agree, but this, we have to go to Germany now. <laughs> There's beer, there's sausage, and there's the biggest movie screen on the planet. That needs to be a Mike, Mike, and Oscar destination, no? Uh, I'm I'm game. (laughs) More importantly, a question for you. What did Christopher Nolan do at this that this uh, changed his news. underwear <laughs> very <laughs> good very excited he, he actually stooped just, to the lowest level <laughs> joke possible he I, just I, had I a panel in, in new york as a yeah. matter of fact there a big uh dark knight series rewatch that was part of a q a and he talked about shooting an imax and the challenges and what he thinks the value is and it. it was really quite interesting so i'm sure he's going to be very excited to hear this yes he's, he's very excited <laughs> elizabeth at, with especially with his four-hour movie coming out we heard that news right yeah my and, god and he's, he's great cast He's in the middle of hiring everybody available in Hollywood Everyone. that Villeneuve hasn't gotten to yet for Dune. Correct. The two of them are going to you know, create a work stoppage in their own right for anybody else. We want to be on those two movies. All right, Mike. Elizabeth Moss is set to play in The Invisible Man or... Of course, she could be playing the Invisible Man. This is news uh, I saw on BloodyDisgusting.com. This is Lee uh, Winnell uh, working for Blumhouse here. Good director, good horror movie studio, working with uh, a Universal Monster. You're big into the Universal Monsters in your past. What, do you care? I, I am. I care. Well, this means a couple things. One, we're getting Elizabeth Moss 
and horror. And I think one of the biggest takeaways from Q1 from cinema for me is that I want to see Elizabeth Moss in more horror. She was awesome in us. Absolutely awesome. Her smell is a horror movie. <laughs> I, I, sure, I got to so check it out. I, I'm a big, big fan of Elizabeth Moss. No, I don't. think she's she's destined for huge things. Uh, uh, you know, no, you don't, Mike. Not going, <laughs> not going out on a limb. I want to watch you watch that movie, though. But that would mean I would have to watch the movie again out right. of the corner of my eye. So you, you're I not signing up. I'm a big fan of Elizabeth Mott. I, I'm looking forward to this. Two, it means that the Universal Dark Universe is officially dead because this is apparently going to be a lower budget remake of the the Invisible Man. So they sold off the rights all, everywhere. Well, they had the big rollout with the Mummy from a couple years ago with the Tom Cruise movie. That, that was a flopped. huge global hit, though, right? I mean, it did well internationally, not domestically. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, it was a joke that it somehow worked. Global, <laughs> global audiences, what are you doing? What are you going to see? They love their special effects. Yeah, they they love their special they effects. They love their big IMAX screens, yeah. too. Well, <laughs> apparently. And their sausages. Um, so, Johnny Depp was originally attached to play the Invisible Man. Obviously, he's out. This is being a whole new rework. Right. Which I don't think is a bad thing, necessarily. I don't think... I don't think you could have gone forward with the Dark Universe after what happened with the Mummy. I think introducing plans for a Dark Universe was kind of a mistake in the first place, which is obvious to say and easy to say now with 2020 hindsight, but I was against it at the time anyway. Just felt really weird and rushed, and why would you do this without seeing if anything works first? True. So Kevin Bacon's Hollow Man. Love, hate, love to hate. What do you what do you think of that movie? You asking me or my brother? <laughs> Both? I, I was never a fan. He is in love with it. Because <laughs> I kind of liked it a little bit. Again, why should It's creepy. I mean, it's creepy. It's it does creepy. its job as a creepy movie. It was which... one of the earliest horror movies I ever saw. It's really not a horror movie. It's more no, of a thriller. thriller like, yeah, like yeah. in like that 2000, 99, 2000 era. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited and interested to see. And if... I, I genuinely believe that Elizabeth Moss, if you let her run scenes, you're going to come away with something special. She's just awesome. She's very captivating like that. I think she's on the verge of, of superstardom. She's pretty great. All right, Mike. George R.R. R. Martin, we teased this earlier. He went on 60 Minutes and said, the Game of Thrones ending will be similar to the books. Do you care about this? God, do I care. <laughs> I don't know if I'm happy or sad, though, because I also love the books. And I'll be honest with everybody. I'm like a poser Game of Thrones fan. I'm not one of the original six fans or whatever, because I saw season one. None of those words mean anything to me. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. I'm making up my own story. All right. <laughs> I, I saw season one, and then I read all five books before season two came out. Oh, wow. Okay. Those are massive books. Yeah. Those are thousand-page books. But I got busy, and I, I read it all. I probably rewatched season one however many times and I can't wait until the sixth book comes out so I'm one of the way we do series we dive into a series so it makes sense that I would do this right this is totally normal of a person to do (laughs) correct trying to get affirmation here anyway uh I want the books to be unique in their own right. I definitely think the books go deeper and they go different. And I hope that we have we have like 10 more conspiracies in the books already just mulling. So I want to see those play out. And I'm really into all the theories on those. So we're not getting those in the show, all those conspiracies okay. to a degree. More politics to a degree. We're not getting in the show. So I'm hoping that George does a lot with those because he's taking so long to write them and they're very intricate. They're very Machiavellian. They're very based in history, which is really fun. So Winds of Winter, my guess is it's going to come out after the show finishes and there'll be a big, you know, right at the pinnacle of the show, they'll announce a release date of the Winds of Winter. I'm hoping that's the case because he's been saying it's the writing's been going well. He's been teasing it, yeah, for a long, long time. I do know that. Um, See by Skip. 
Final season of Game of Thrones, Avengers Endgame, uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, you're a bastard. <laughs> you're, you're such a bastard. You have to not no, see... No, I don't. You have to not see one. You have to... You get to see one on opening night and as many times as you want. How and many the times? third, you have to wait until it's on, uh, like, HBO. Mike, how many times have I said to you... <laughs> I just can't. This is like the worst time to die. You like, we can't die right now because I need to know what happens in Game of Thrones. Who's going to win the Game of Thrones? No. I can't die not knowing this. You have to. You have to pick well, one. Those so are I the have games. To buy, <laughs> I have to buy Game of Thrones. Are you buying it because you want to buy it? Or are you buying it because it's the, the day of the season premiere? I have to buy it because I read 5,000 pages on it. <laughs> okay, plus, fair. listen to how you know 500,000 hours of pod- audio fair. entertainment. Plus, you know, watch the show. How many times have I watched the show? We have seven seasons now. I probably watched the th- show three times each episode Jesus minimum. Jesus Christ. Minimum. All right. And then... More than the Star thinking Wars. Thinking about though. it. More yeah. than Star Wars. Yeah, no question. More than Avengers. More. Ooh, all right. Now, the hard part yeah. here is Star Wars or... Avengers Endgame, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. Oh God, they're both company pro. They're both MMO brand named products right now for us. We and are responsible for their as events for their popularity single handedly. That's true. I'm seeing them both, no. but I have to skip you one. Gotta skip one. You can never see one. Oh God. All right, I'd have to skip the Force, uh, the the Rise of Skywalker. I guess. Really? And I'd have to see Avengers Endgame next week. No, I already have my not two that, Yeah, that's not that on. <laughs> <laughs> I already spent twenty dollars. I have to go. <laughs> have to go now. To go. That's not that unexpected, but it's it's still. I thought you were going to skip Game of Thrones. Right, Honestly, Mike, I didn't know you were that tied into. You it. can watch football, basketball, or wrestling. You have to see by skip these. Now by football, do you, you mean have the, to do you mean the Giants? You have to skip. Is football the Giants? Because I'll skip the Giants. <laughs> Damn it. Easily. <laughs> <laughs> that backfired immediately. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You- <laughs> We answer the rest of it, you dick. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> he's wearing a giant shirt that he's been wearing since last Monday. I know. I'm a fraud. I couldn't right, I couldn't leave let's him. Let's move on. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mike, Alicia Vikander, or Wickander, is returning as Laura Croft. This was a domestic flop, the original Tomb Raider. This is shocking Raider. news. Big news, right? Or do this you care? Is, I mean, I don't care because I didn't care about... I, I like Alicia Vikander. Yeah. I don't care about the Laura Croft. Now, I did hate watch that movie. Did you? Was it, I, it, was it, okay. it was all right? All I right. like I like Laura Croft movies. I like Tomb Raider a little bit. They have no appeal to me. The, fran- the yeah. video game franchise had no appeal to me. I am shocked they're making a second one. I mean, shocked. the first one was like almost a $100 million budget, and they only they didn't even do... I think they did 274, right? 274 worldwide, 94 million. That's what? Barely making money? Barely going even? I mean, where's the... I think this is going to be a flop. I think it's going to be a huge flop. Uh, Hellboy's done it in the past, right? Right. They kind of doubled down. They kind of doubled down on the fact that they own the property. They spent so much on it. Uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, that was a double down. Hellboy was a flop. Dragon Tattoo was a flop. Yeah. Or at least the Spider's Web one, not the right. Dragon Tattoo. Well, itself. yeah, I mean the sequels, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But you got, you have any juice for this? Not in theaters. I'll probably watch it when it comes on premium channels. Yeah. Unless it gets great reviews, then I'll, I'll be in. All right. Let's, uh, let's close this up with some trailer thoughts. Trailer thoughts. Trailer thoughts. We had a couple of big trailers drop this week. We 
already reviewed the yes. Rise of Skywalker teaser trailer. That's probably the biggest news of the week as well. Definitely. Did a whole half hour episode covering what happened at Star Wars Celebration. The panel, the interviews, some nuggets, some things you may have missed, and going through that that's teaser trailer pretty much scene by scene. Yes, broke it all fun. down for you. That's a previous episode that came out a couple days ago. If you want to go back, just go through our iTunes library. I think it's our, what's two episodes ago one. Uh, right. Go hit play on that. A lot of interesting stuff in there, so we're not going to be covering this Rise of Skywalker teaser here. We will be covering the other huge trailer that came out this week though the lion king mike let's talk about it the lions look a little too liony right it's too realistic is this getting less appealing it, it, it this trailer did for me yeah. like the first trailer was all you know just amazed right. by nature shots. yes like, agree oh my god that cartoon sequence of nature with the great music and the i feel it i, I can see it oh my god the computer animated lion so cute but now the realistic lion's going to start moving its mouth and speaking? I feel the same way, man. I am very nervous. And I know it's going to make a billion dollars. But if is this going to be... If this is just a shot-by-shot remake, which is what it looks... I mean, we even had Timon, Pumbaa, and Simba crossing the, the waterfall. That, I mean, that's yeah. all there. It at looks the like it's going to be the same At the end of the trailer, thing. I did laugh at Timon and Pumbaa singing off in the distance. But we didn't get one close-up close of a moving mouth. No. I'm worried so about that. That's so weird because these animals look like they do in the jungle. It's not like, at least the jungle book, like Baloo the Bear's face was a little It was computer, right? yeah, it was animatronic, right? You could tell, you could see the differentiation. You can get it's a kind of a cartoon a little bit. I guess there's, I mean, maybe Disney's just in a no-win situation here, though, because look at Aladdin, the live action, it's totally animatronic, and we hate it. Right? I mean, we think it looks ridiculous. So Aladdin's a stranger problem because Will Smith being blue is like, all right, that's kind of realistic in a way, but he's blue, so it's not. It looks and then, terrible. And then you have like cartoonish production design cart- to make it look like the cartoon. Right. You know, Guy Ritchie is literally trying to call back all of the visuals of the cartoon in his own unique way. And in real life, it looks like Hercules or Xena. And I know a lot of people have a cult following for those yeah. shows, but it looks very ridiculous. It's loud. Yeah, I don't disagree, man. And awkward. Now, we have the height of realism, and it looks like we're watching Disney nature with this Lion King trailer. But then it now you have all these cartoon characters that we so beloved in the last... I don't remember the Jungle Book. Maybe I'll have to rewatch the Jungle Book. Maybe that's exactly what they did. And maybe I'm con- confusing it with Andy Serkis's remake, who kind of cartoonied up their faces a little bit. But maybe they weren't cartoonied up for uh, the original Jungle Book. Somebody tell us! <laughs> it's also... <clears throat> Disney's Disney. I really think I just the more I think about it, I think they're in a no-win situation because when it first came out, we were told it's live-action Lion King. Oh my God, how amazing that they're going to use real animals, and then we're all disappointed when it wasn't live-action, right? And we we learned, and then we it's going to be computer-based live-action, whatever that means, and then. Uh, now we're here and they're talking and we're like, oh, it looks too real. <laughs> it's like, well, they, they can't really please us. We seem to just be complaining about everything. The magic from your computers <laughs> is too real for me. Do not make that I, I can't help but feel that way, though. I but feel like spoiled it's... spoiled again, right? We are, absolutely, no doubt. And, and Disney is scoffing at hearing any complaints about this looking too real. <laughs> How dare all of you? I get that. Well, but here's the thing. Like, the last trailer was all nature goods, so it made sense. Now we got all story goods and, like, we're remembering the story and the trailers on purpose making us remember the story and 
how are they going to pull all the stuff off, all the goofy, cartoony stuff with Timon and Pumbaa when that looks like a real muskrat and right. a dick? Like the, where's the charm, the cartoonish charm you need for some of those jokes? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we'll see. Long ways to go. we got a lot more looks to come before Fingers we get crossed. There. So uh, things that we don't have a long ways to go until is the Avengers Endgame. They had their all-together trailer with some spliced in with some interview cuts. What did you think about this, Mike? Ant-Man diving into something, Cap giving a speech that actually impresses the other Avengers. I thought it was cute. That made me think about smirking, but I'm really too... My adrenaline is just pumping too hard. I'm kind of taking a cue of what you said last week. Just give me the movie I don't now. give a shit about any of this. <laughs> I'm so fucking... I'm tired of it. Just, just give me the movie. We know. It's a big fucking deal. We get it. We're there, man. So we want the movie, and basically when we do our previews of this movie, we are just going to bite in yeah. full force with the fury of a thousand suns with the fury of whatever Thanos did on Titan <laughs> and bottom line we're gonna attack that plot line or that future plot line in that preview yeah that's uh, the hope so we, we'll probably have we're gonna have definitely at least one episode maybe probably two who's uh, gonna live who's gonna out, die talking about the plot talking about the odds yeah oh, we're all there baby we, we will guess wait. the plot 100% accurately at some point of course yeah. And that's, uh, that's what's on deck in the next couple weeks for Avengers Endgame. Adam's Family teaser also came out as well. So were you into this as a kid? Yes, I you was. Were. Very much so. This, so this has some attachment to you. So what, what did you think about this teaser? I liked it. Yeah. It's, it seems cute. I, I'm curious, at, you know, asking me if I was into it is kind of where my mindset was too. I was like, is there enough... Do, do kids know the Adam's Family anymore? Is Absolutely there enough not. attachment to, maybe. Some to play this? I don't know. The cool parents. Yeah, maybe. But, I, I mean, did you know the show? Were you familiar with the show at all? A very little, very little. Uh, I always get it confused with the Munsters. It's fair. I mean, they're uh, <laughs> very close. So not really. And the movies I've seen. And, of course. And yeah. enjoy to a degree, but I don't have any lasting love to it. I'm encouraged by two things, Mike. We have a great voice cast, and we have a Halloween release date on Halloween yeah. day. I'm excited about that. Bed Midler is one of the voices here. That's awesome. Nick Kroll is going to play Uncle Fester. I'm sure that'll be very funny. He is great in everything. Charlize Theron, Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, so I'm excited for it. Uh, when I first heard we were getting another Adam's Family in 2019, I thought it was going to be a live-action one. So I think it's a better idea that this isn't that because uh, inevitably you're just going to have the comparisons to that beloved early 90s movie. Yeah, but look at the, I'm still looking at this cast and barely listening to you. You have Allison Janney, <laughs> Finn Wolfhard, yeah. Oscar Isaac... Elsie Fisher. I think Oscar Isaac's Gomez, right? Oscar Isaac is Gomez. Yeah. So that'll be good. That's a great cast. I, unbelievable cast. I'm excited for it. Halloween release date. Yeah. yeah. Stuber Mike. This is with Kumail Nanjiani and Dave Bautista. Had its debut during uh, WrestleMania weekend. Its oh, cool. first look during t the teaser there. Yeah, whatever. It looked funny. I... I, I so basically, it itself. Kumail, yeah, Kumail's an Uber driver and like a cop gone off the rails on his own, like, hunt for the bad guys. That's what Batista is, yeah. What, so basically it's Drax the cop. <laughs> right. <laughs> Officer Drax and Kumail Nanjiani, who's playing Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah, look, like I said, it kind of writes its, it's... It's. I'll see it, whatever. It's going to be good for a couple laughs, I think. The punchline at the end of the trailer is pretty funny, so I'm, I'm in for that. So that, that's a good sign when the, when the big joke plays well. Michael Douse did uh, Goon, too. He's the director of Stuber. He directed Goon. I loved Goon, the Sean, uh, Sean William Scott. Goon, like Boondock Saints, suffers from too much profanity. Too much profanity in Goon and Boondock Saints. It's almost a ridiculous amount. There's only two rules. <laughs> Don't touch my Percocets, and do you have any Percocets? <laughs> All right, good joke. <laughs> Mike the Professor, this is with Johnny Depp 
and he's a professor. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a professor. He gets diagnosed with a terminal illness, yeah. so he throws his hands up. You gotta live life to the fullest, one of those things. Look, there's a good movie here, right. I think. At the beginning of the trailers, I'm in for it. Yeah, and I like the understated Johnny Depp after mm-hmm. being, you know, having that Pirates of the Caribbean and every other character he's done stuffed down our throats for decades. And then, like, blockbuster Depp comes back with a vengeance <laughs> yeah. for the next minute and a half of the trailer because there's a, a line in there where he's he's like, what do you mean what happened to us? Life. I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn it. This and then thing- it goes on, like, the heartwarming mentor-father character thing. Yeah, I'm a little surprised this is going to be a theatrical release and not a Netflix property, to be honest with you. This mm-hmm. seems like, I mean, early, early scores are really good. It's 8.5 right now on IMDb, but on, yeah. on just less than 300 scores. Wayne Roberts is the writer and director. He only has Katie Says Goodbye to his resume, not something I'm familiar with. I'll give it a shot. It, it's it, There's something there for a decent movie. I wonder if there's enough follow-through. Kyle Chandler's in it. Uh, right. A couple other names that you're very familiar of. If you are A lot of bad guys final. from uh, blockbuster movies. A lot of bad guys, yeah. yeah. So We'll see. Wine Country, Mike. This is the Netflix original property. This is with basically the cast of SNL, you know, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, Maya Rudolph, Anna Gasteyer. It's an untapped genre. Yeah. Like the coming of age for the the women in their Mid-life late forties, yeah. or yeah, I mean, I, there's not nearly enough. Whether you talk about comedies or dramas or anything covering that that age range, because women in their middle ages are treated so poorly by Hollywood as they always True. have been over the years. So this is really nice and refreshing to see not only big names but such relevant names and names that you know you're going to get a decent performance and script out of. It's Amy Poehler's directorial debut. Yeah. The first joke in that trailer really makes you laugh. I thought that worked on me. My Rudolph always gets me. Now the trailer, the rest of the trailer is a bit cheesy. And maybe I was sure. just watching it in a bad mood after I watched the Professor trailer. <laughs> so the Professor trailer. No, a, I mean, it does play a little cheesy, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, middle-aged people, men and women, are a little cheesy. They are a lot cheesy, and we are turning into that. We are. Surely and Gracefully, quickly. might I say. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't really have a problem with it. All I wanted out of this trailer was to be comforted that it was going to be exactly what I think it's going to be. And that's exactly what I got. You know, I got the girls from SNL playing a couple other uh, female comedians who are very, very funny are involved in this as well. I can't wait. I'm very excited for this one, even though the relatability for me isn't really there. But we want to see them on a fun trip to wine. Of course. Party. That's, that's it. And that, birthday party for wine. And like I said, I think it's an untapped market and in, in, in the way that kind of, we're getting shows for focusing on segments of the population that we historically don't, and it's like, oh my god, look, there's a, there's actually money to be made here. Well, yeah, it's about time that this kind of age range sure. gets taken seriously and gets its day in the sun. So, of course, I'm in. finally, let's do it. Yeah, All no, right. and I'm and I'm in for anything, Amy Poehler. Paula Pelt is hysterical, and yes. I can't wait to see her. Yes, uh, she had a couple good one-liners in the trailers, but that's it. Uh, we certainly want to know your thoughts about anything. Look, nothing matters. Game of Thrones is tonight, <laughs> so that's what we're really concerned. Or last about. night, yeah. if you're yeah. We and just if you're listening to it us after Game of Thrones. Thank you. <laughs> we just wanted to kill an hour for you in your work day so you can get home quicker and to re-watch. rewatch Game of Thrones. So that's we hope we did that for right you today. Right now, while you're listening to this, we are or I am rewatching Game of Thrones. I got guys grocery games on. I am just hooked. How are you going to use that frozen salmon in that dish, next baby? Next week, next uh, Sunday. I don't know how this is going to work. We're going to do a. Uh, 
so we'll do a week late. We're going to be the, Game of the latest week. Game of Thrones review <laughs> in all of pop culture. That'll be our shit. Yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> that's terrible. I'll just be. I'll just do it in like animal noises or something because I probably can't get into anything. All right, fine. I hope you just come in with more and more dragon paraphernalia as the as the season goes on. And you'll be wearing that same blue shirt again. I don't change. Like literally or figuratively, <laughs> mentally, emotionally, I don't change. Uh, guys, we want to know your thoughts about anything we talked about and what you can get at us. Give us your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. Uh, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram. MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar.com at gmail.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts. Tune in, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Be sure to tell your friends. Please spread the word. If you have a couple minutes, you can throw us a review on iTunes. Those really, truly do go a long way. And if you can tell a couple friends about it, that obviously helps out a lot as well, Michael. Uh, getting these people off on the right foot is nothing more important than that to us here in the MMO Empire, that these people start their week strong and powerful with the incredible words of wisdom that, that only someone with as much life experience and, and, and wherewithal as yourself can impart on them. So as they go on these journeys through their professional lives, taking their 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 their, their livelihoods and their well-beings in their hands grasping life by the undercarriage what words of wisdom can you give them to make sure their journey is a, a successful one change your clothes once in a while <laughs> how, dare words of wisdom. how dare you <laughs> guys i can't uh, believe you keep setting me up more and more every time this is ridiculous this is ridiculous you make me sing you make me spout words of wisdom none of these things are my idea what by you're the way. saying is i'm making you a more well-rounded person Oh my god, it's just like at the beginning of a comedy. This is the funniest person to ever walk the earth on stage with us now. Also, Mike, get up here. Funny person. Uh, enjoy winter. I hear it's coming. We'll see you guys next time. See ya.